hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Midnight Movie Professionals. I'm your host, Scott, with my co-host, Hans and Yasmin. Hey, guys, it's Yasmin. Hello, boys, it's Sean's here. How's it going? How's it going? I heard you and uh, Yasmin got married, Hans. Well, yeah, wait, what you hear about that? I'm not married yet. Really? That's what I'm not been hearing. I heard you two been married for 17 years. 17 years? What are you talking about, Scott? Oh, wait. No, I, I... Wait a second. You guys haven't been married for that long? No, we haven't been married at all. What are you talking about, Scott? Oh, 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 oh. oh I thought you guys were married for 15 years and Hans was a spy for 17 years. Wait a second. Are you a spy, Hans? I don't know. Cool, what are you talking about? What on end are you talking about? Alright! I forgot we were watching the movie that just came out recently on Apple TV Plus. And I thought you guys were watching it too. Were you guys just not paying attention? You guys were always doing sleepyhead? Ah, jeez. Okay, okay, okay. I guess something must have happened because it seems that Han and Yasmin weren't paying attention to the movie that just came out on digital media for the first time and it's 25 years of being oh not 25 almost 30 years of being out 29 years the 1994 film True Lies starring Jamie Lee Curtis Arnold Schwarzenegger Tom Arnold Art Malik and Charlton Heston this movie came out in 1994 it is directed by the one and only, the legend himself, James Cameron. And it has the last music that he and his good friend Brad Fidel would ever could put, like, would work on together, because Brad Fidel's last contribution with James Cameron was this. Sadly, after this, I believe in late 99, Brad Fidel retired from the music industry, well, Hollywood-wise, so he's no longer around doing things like that anymore, which is kind of sad because I really did like Brad Fidel's music. I loved his music in the Terminator 1 and 2, amongst other things. But to get really more on track, True Lies is a remake of the French film from, I believe, the 70s or 60s called Lots of Town. But that's, a, that's not a big, big deal. It's not like, oh my god, you're watching a remake, Scott? What are you doing? No, that's not the case. What they did is they took the idea from Lots of Town and kind of made it more... Americanized, I guess, a little bit, but not necessarily Americanized. They kind of made it more, I guess, modern or what have you. It was based on it, right? But they did do a few rewrite, new things to rewrite and whatnot. And I gotta say, it's one of my favorite movies from the 90s. This and Speed, Demolition Man. There's a bunch I can name off from the night from the early 90s before, like early to mid-90s, before the late 90s for cartoon, like for animated content came out. I could tell you there's a lot more movies I loved from that era as I grew up on them than I could tell you before. And I could definitely tell you there's a lot of swearing in True Lies. And I was maybe four or five years old when I watched True Lies for the first time. I was watching, like, watching that and there's a lot of content, a lot of graphic intensities, a lot of swearing, a lot of innuendos I didn't know about as a kid. School, why are you watching it? What are you a kid? Well, think about it this way, Hans. Why do you think I'm such a cinephile like you? Ah, fair point. Yasmin, what's going on? 
You don't want to talk? Oh, I want to talk a little bit stuff, but I want to get through the story first, at least. We can at least talk about part of it. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But anyways, this movie starts out in Lake Chapeau, Switzerland, where our main protagonist, Harry Rehnquist, Nay Tasker, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, is infiltrating a party being held by someone named Jamal Khaled, who seems to be an Arabian businessman, I guess a billionaire of sorts, who seems to have a lot of money and could be funding terrorist activities. Meanwhile, Tom Arnold, playing Gibb, and his assistant Faisal, who's part of Harry's team, are in a van, uh, doing surveillance and whatnot, in a sense, helping him, uh, in a sense, very similar to how, um, oh, so it was a remake of the 91 film, okay, not to tell, I thought it was from the 60s, never mind. Anyways, uh, who else is in it? Oh yeah, I forgot to mention who else was in it as well. School, what are you doing that again? Who else is in it? Uh, you remember Bill Paxson? Oh yes, I remember him. That's the piece, my friend. You knew him? Eh, kind of. I helped an eye on Twister. Oh, so how old are you, mate? I'm old enough. You shouldn't be knowing my, day, my age. Because I hate you And someone that I think, uh, yes, we might like. Tia Carrere. Oh yeah, I like her a lot. She was great. <laughs> oh yeah, Grant Heslov. That was the other person I was thinking. I couldn't think of his name. I've seen it in a few things, but I couldn't remember his name. Off the top of my head. I remember he was in... What was he in? I remember he was in something. I think he was in, um... I swear he was in something else. I remember him... Oh yeah, he was in Dante's Peak. That's how I remember him. Okay, I couldn't remember what else he was in. But anyways, not a big deal. Anyways. To, uh... Our character's wife and daughter. Dana and Helen, the daughter and wife. Mind you, respectively, they think he's a computer salesman for a business software named Dectel. He's often always on a way on a business trip. When actually, he's working for a government agency that's top secret, known as Omega Sector. <laughs> Along with, like I said, these two, they infiltrate the party being infiltrated in Switzerland. While there, Harry meets Juno Skinner, an arts and antiquities expert who is, I guess, dealing in art and antiquities for. Jamal Khaled, but um, because Harry has kind of done a few things to get into the party itself, like d- dive deep underwater and break open some ice on a uh, lake bed ladder to get into the party, get changed out of his dry suit and went on to get into the party to wear a tux. And we also see in this in this part of the movie, we see a lot of things that I would never have expected Arnold Schwarzenegger to do where he's speaking Arabic, like very perfectly too. I don't know any Arabic, and I also can tell he's speaking French, probably not the best, it's probably a little broken, but that's fine, that's how Schwarzenegger is. He's freaking Austrian, you think he's going to be able to do French fluently and properly without having to feel like a, a jackass? Probably not. I'm not disrespecting Arnold in any way, shape, or form here. I'm just saying that's probably what the possibility is for him. I don't know. All I didn't know is that he's at this party. He's having to speak Arabic, Japanese, uh, what else is he doing? And 
as he meets Juno, he notices the garden, like investigating some things that he's already done. Like there's German guards outside the perimeter in the Switzerland party, and then there's also a bunch of Arabic guards as well. They're all looking around to see who may have intruded into the uh, place. And um, Anyways, uh, what was I getting back on? All right, yeah, Hans, you can help me out with this. Oh yeah, uh, so Harry decides to dance with Juno to kind of because he needs to get the hell out of there. Um, while he's doing that, there's a wonderful bit of tango playing. The yes, the tango. They decide to dance. Gives on him. He needs to get out of there now, now, now. What? While that happens, uh, Faisal decides to scream. Yes, the files are unlocked! Fast file strikes again, baby! It does it in almost like a really nerdy way where it's like, come on, mate! Wait, 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 wait! What about Juno Skinner, Scott? Hey, Hans! Oh, right, 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 Juno Skinner. She's played by T.A. Carrera, who's wonderful in this movie. And, uh, she's actually working for Jamal Khaled, as well as others, in this whole film that we'll get into later. But after... Uh, he leaves because he has to leave. He says, I'm sorry, but I have to leave. I haven't played the catch. He decides to leave out, no problem. Go out the front gate thinking, okay, he's able to do it. He, um, even good tells him it's ballsy. It's stupid, but it's very ballsy. They get themselves into trouble because he, uh, gets stopped by a German, uh, guard of sorts. Like, security guard that's, per like, controlling the perimeter with his dog. And as for his invitation, he's like, sure. Use my invitation. Bing! And it blows up the spot around a bunch of guys that are going ape shit looking around, like setting off the alarm and whatnot. And he has to get out of there. He gets, like, like, and then they have to go to the backup rendezvous point, give advisable. But Harry, who's running in a tux no less, is just running. A guard who has a couple dogs, well, two guards with dogs, are telling him to go, 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 go! With the dogs, and literally what they do, they let them off leash and just fucking go right at them. What do you do? He freaking butts their heads, and oh, and hurts the dog lover. Does an animal lover to see that? But he does it in a humane way. He doesn't actually hurt them. He just kind of like butts their heads together. You hear the well like yelp, and one kicks off after he says stay. One like stay. <laughs> he stays. You see the camera. The other one like yelps right at whimpering away. And then you see that one just kind of growling. It looks like. I think when they use were Doberman pinchers, I'm not too certain for this, but they were definitely some angry dogs, I'll say that. They weren't Sheps. They weren't Shepherds, so I know that. So then he's getting chased by people on snowmobiles, skis, a bunch of guys with guns, like just literally absolutely nuts. He's on his way back to the back to the rendezvous point, that's a backup point, specifically. While Gibb and uh, Faisal find themselves getting through some ice that's a little slick. No shit. As it happens, uh, he finds himself being like hunted down by guards on skis with machine guns and people with snowmobiles doing the same thing. It's like, geez, Louise, when will they, when will they stop, you know? By the time he actually makes it back to see Gibbon, Faisal, was good dude? He's like, oh, that worked out right on the old front gate. <laughs> He leaps back a second. There's two more guards that are about to come out and shoot at Harry and them. He shoots them both, disarms them basically, just dead. He's like, let's go, we can still make our play. 
And then they jet set back to Washington, D.C., which is where I think the majority of this was meant to be set. And you see the White House, too, so you know it's Washington, D.C. But anyways, they get back to Harry's, like, uh, house. Have a, a cover set up for him, like, hotel bill, all this stuff. That's for Mr. Rehnquist and Mr. Tasker, respectively. So they have all these things. So it's like, here we go, ticket stub, hotel bill, all these things, as well as a gift for Dana to show that she just came back from Switzerland to give her a gift as well. So his gift wasn't for naught. And she doesn't really care about it. We can see Helen kind of is struggling to kind of do her daily job as a legal secretary. That she misses her husband. She wishes her husband wasn't always exhibiting around doing conventions and what, like doing business meetings and all that, or trips. And we wish that her husband would be kind of a little bit closer to home a little bit, like at least so he could raise his family, do his family a little bit more justice. Uh, Gib comes in as he's Harry's best friend. He's able to do whatever the hell he wants in a sense that way. He comes in, uses a little gadget that he set up where he has a camera set up in a pack of smokes and he sets it up and gives it to Harry to try it to test as well. He sees how it looks. He sees that Dana's stealing from Gib, which is just what the fuck. Oh yeah, that was kind of messed up as well, Harry. I thought well, for Harry, I mean Hans. Hans, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, I thought he was a little bit bad for Harry, a little bit. I can feel for him a little bit, but then again, I've never had any of my family do that to me. Me either, Hans. I thought, but yeah, I can kind of see why she was ripping off Kim. She probably wanted money for an abortion or drugs. Well. That actually is what they kind of talk about a little bit too on the way to the office to talk about that. Which is funny on how they do it. You actually see them go through a computer office, like a computer tech company sort of office in a sense where it looks like they're actually working there, but they go through a whatever you want to call it, more discreet setup that's hid behind frosted windows that has like a metal detector sort of thing to show they actually have their guns. And when they actually see the true receptionist, they have to use the optical scan, optical scanner and use your code like use it like say who they are and use their uh actual code number names whatever you want to call it like Harry Warren was 00124 or whatever or Albert Gibson 35594 or some shit like something like that hey language school sorry Hans and Yasmin but anyways we get to meet uh Charlton Heston who is the leader of the Omega sector in this who I believe plays looks more like a uh an aging Nick Fury sort of thing. His name is Spencer Trilby in this one. And, uh... Anyways, as we're going through this, we see that, um... They're actually... They screwed, they screwed up the mission. They didn't intend to, but anyways, they decided to look through Jamal Khaled's information to see if he's dirty or not and they start to look a little bit more and more into it it looks like Khalid's group bought some like uh used a bank that could uh fund counter like fund terrorist activities for certain countries and whatnot and they also acknowledge that there's former nuclear warheads that are like uh smuggled out of Kazakhstan the former Soviet Republic and they think that Khalid's group might have bought the nukes and are trying to smuggle them into U.S. soil. They don't have any 
Uh, Any information that they have is hard and concrete. Anyways, they just kind of use that as an idea. Okay, maybe it's possible there's any evidence or data for it because they're unsure if it's actually going to happen or not because we don't know. We also cut to uh, Hell at her job saying that she couldn't get out of town. I couldn't go out on the weekend because Harry was out of town again. And she knows that again, he's talking to her coworker about everything. And you just see how funny it is. Because you see, she's bored out of her skull. She wants some action, you know? And I can understand that. I can understand that 100%. She wants some action in her life. It's whatever. Anyways, it was one of those things at the end of the day in this movie. But then they see there's a bit of money that's being used to sell like sell things to Khalid from Juno. So what they do, they set up a cover at the Marquee Hotel in DC saying, hey, this is, this is uh, Harry's coming from San Francisco, has an appointment with her, talks about a few things, sees a few of the like ancient Persian pieces that she has in a sense like and says this might be a nice piece for this office in San Francisco like for the office for my uh company in San Francisco and whatnot they have a few things that we're talking about a little bit then we see the real baddie of the movie completely who is Salim Bouaziz played by Art Malik whom oh my goodness is he a bad guy in this one is he scary too like, I wouldn't want to cross paths with this guy. This guy scares the daylights out of me. But anyways, we, we run, like after they uh, head back to the hotel, we see it's Harry's birthday. Helen and Dana are hosting, a, are getting a party ready for him and all that. Have a cake and all that, good to go for him. But anyways, as they go through this, Harriet and uh, Gib are on the way back from the hotel. And they decide to stop at the Georgetown Mall to distract these punks that might be following them. And this is where, again, this is after Aziz also uh, tries to track down where Harry lives, tries to do this and that and the other thing, and also has two of his goons go after him in the Georgetown Mall while Faisal and his other teammates on the task force are in a van or whatever else outside. Like, that are nearby and whatnot. They're trying to figure out what should we do. They figure out what to do exactly. He, Harry decides to pretend to smoke. Well, no, actually, look like a smoker. Look like Ray Charles smoking his ass off. Because Gib allows him to use the the the, the device that he had earlier, the glasses with the uh, smoke camera. So they use that to kind of like say, okay, here we go. Here's an idea. Let's just try to look like I'm just a regular guy on my way, like on my way to the mall or whatever. He gets himself into a absolute bathroom brawl that's just absolutely insane. Just absolutely out of the ballpark nuts. Hell, even I couldn't do this myself. And it's like, holy shit. Language score. You know about that? Sorry, Oz. Oh, language, Scott. Yasmin, don't give me 
a hard time about it too, alright? I'm proud of us. Anyways. You wanna continue with this, Hans? Well shit, if you want me to, Scott. Anyways, after he disarms these goons and just blasts them away to hell, Z shows up, starts to blow away the bathroom more or less to try to get out of him. He decides to take a chase, starts to make it a huge chase where Gib is chasing him in the car while Harry finds a way to go after him himself by horseback and this finds him in another, like in the hotel, Mar like the Marriott Hotel in downtown. In the area, and they just say, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through this whole area, and it just it gets ridiculous as it progresses because it's just it just what is going on, if you ask me, it's just absolutely nuts. Yeah, it got pretty hairy in that, and <laughs> no pun intended. But as soon as that climax happens, Aziz drives his motorbike that he found a way to steal right out of like just right off the hotel balcony into another hotel completely and no less into its pool no less too so that makes it even more just what the hell he got lucky that way Harry tries to go after him as well but realize, the horse realizes he can make it almost kills Harry no less too and he tries to rush back to get to Helen to celebrate his birthday but never gets to really he feels like he screwed up he decides to say the next day I'm gonna go treat him to lunch because I feel like I screwed up but he finds out, he thinks that he, like, he overhears a phone call thinking Helen is cheating on him and having a, an affair. <laughs> after they find out that uh, this is after like, the next day, that's literally the next day when this happens. But also, I forgot to mention that we find out Aziz has his own splinter faction called Crimson Jihad, and he's also known as the Sand Spider, <laughs> which kind of makes sense because he is quite a frightening person, if you ask me. But, anyways. As they find out who he is by doing a little bit of facial recognition software stuff to say that's him. And they see some old video of him doing some crazy things in general. So they use that to, event, to their advantage to say, you know what, we'll get him again, hopefully soon, to Trilby. So after that, Harry and Gibb go to Helen's office to see if he's available for lunch. They try anyways, but uh, Harry thinks this is possibly having an affair. Besides to just say, you know what? Holy crap, she's having an affair. Or so he thinks. Yeah, I remember this scene, Scott. You do, Yasmin? Oh yeah, this is the scene where I come on and see your favorite scene in the whole movie. I think you all were going through laughing at it. Hey, 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 hey. Don't be talking about how I'm laughing. You two laugh like cool goofball. Hey! Not okay. Alright, sorry, Yasmin. I apologize. Anyways, where were we? We were at the scene where they talk about how Helen could be having an affair. Gib tries to cheer him up by saying, you know what? It's not like the like, it's never gonna happen the first time. It's like anytime you're with someone, you know? Think about it when I was with my third wife. Remember that, Harry? I go in, the house is completely empty. I mean, completely empty. She even took the ice cube trays out of the freezer. What kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer? As a kid, I don't know why that made me laugh, but to this day, that still makes me freaking laugh my ass off. It is the funniest scene in that whole movie for me. And then we see, um, 
Harry getting a little ticked off saying, stop cheering me up, damn it, Gib. I don't want to be cheered up. I get that I'm a pound of flesh and blood woman and I'm never really there because I'm busy working with you, jackass. And they decide to say, you know what, let's look into where this guy may be working. Let's track him a little bit more, see where he goes. This, that, and the other thing. They even track Helen, put a GPS tracker in her bag, so in her personal life, see where she's going. And it's just like, what is going on? He's getting more and more paranoid about her freaking, like, cheating on him. What is going on, man? You could have just, instead of just asking if he want to go to lunch or whatever, you could have just asked her up front for crying out loud, Harry. Well, yeah, that's all you could do on scope, but you think he's going to do that? Not really. That's what makes it a movie, for crying out loud. It's not real life. Ah, fair enough. But I know I wouldn't be doing, I, even if I was looking for a government agency, I wouldn't be doing something like that, or several things like that, where I tap this, that, and anything, and I do it illegally. Because even if they were doing it 20 times a day illegally, I wouldn't be doing it myself. I'm not an asshole. But anyway, as we go through this, they find out the guy that's uh, named Simon, who she's apparently cheating on him with, is actually a used car salesman. And this is where it really gets interesting because of the fact that one, Harry feigns into pretending he's actually wanting to go for a, like a test drive with this and probably bother Corvette that he's driving around in, which is actually his own car, I guess, that he uses as a used car salesman just to get with women and say, that and I quote the vet gets them wet, but it's on up. Really want to close that stroke? Well, you gotta have an angle. Apparently, he has one, he doesn't want to, want to talk about his angle, but he has something like that that can work to his advantage. I'm just kind of disgusting if you ask me on how he's doing it. Like, he, he basically pretends to be a spy or what have you to get these ladies like working on their dreams, get out of their daily suburban grind for a couple of hours, and just does it in a way where it's like. Dude, what are you doing? Like, you're being very, very, very fucked up. Pardon my language. But still, it's disgusting. His axe. But anyways, as they're on their way back, he says, like, he has a one right now that he's got panted like a dog that's a legal secretary or something like that. That won't be here for you. Right here. Right here. Right here. You know. Anyways, hey, that, folks. Uh, anyways, he's doing that. As he's doing that, he's actually trying to make sure that, um, uh, what's it called? He tries to make sure that it's just him talking about it, and like, he's just real hot and all this, and like, married to some boring jerk and whatnot, and just tries to really, I think, try to piss off Harry, who he knows he's talking to. Like, he knows he's talking about his wife. Like, saying he's doing this and that, and just like, ready to, like, he's ready to just knock his ass out or break his neck on how bad he is about it. But anyways, he sees who he is. He decides to say, you know what? Let's see, let's see the taps, see the messages from the phone and all that that are transcribed. They find out that they're meeting that night at eight o'clock under the key bridge at eight. So he decides to say, you know what, I've had enough. I'm going to pull off several agents to follow my wife as well as the helicopter and whatever else we need. And Gibb tries to give him a 
freaking lecture about this, that, and the other thing. He says, like, I have to stop you and this, that, and the other thing. But he's like, man, well, you know what, Gabe? You actually did something yourself like that. I was just as bad, bud. You decided to yourself blow a six-week operation because you were busy getting a BJ. All right, buddy? So don't give Harry that crap. He does that. Um, they decided to go. They say, okay, fine. You got me there, buddy. Anyways, they go over, they go and follow him in a helicopter and go and see that Simon has a freaking, just, he's a, a simple loser in a freaking trailer park. Like, he really lives in a trailer. It pretends to be like this hotshot international, like, trailblazing spy when all he is is just a dumb idiot who can't really get anything at all. Especially because he has a tiny penis, I guess. <laughs> and pisses him, like he literally wets himself several times over in this whole, whole situation because of the fact that he uh, gets stopped by a few people in general. Anyways, he gets like he thinks, oh, sh- oh crap, I'm caught. I'm really caught. And he just thinks, oh geez, I'm caught. I'm, I'm, I'm done for. It's over. And, um,. He thinks he won't be able to get out of it alive. Anyways, this is where Harry and Gibb and all those other uh, task force members of the Omega Sector come in to just absolutely demolish the house. Literally take them out and say, you know what? You come with us. Put them in a blacked out, like blackout curtain van after Helen Sachs, poor Gibb. And Oh man, that makes me laugh too, but I feel bad for him at the same time. Because the way he gets sacked, he gets kicked right in the nuts. Like, just kneed in the nuts, right? From Helen, and it's like, oh no. Someone tries to knock out Helen, which Harry is like, no! And knocks it almost. knocks the hell out of the other person that did that. But just. just flings it out of the ground. Oh, pretty funnily though, too, at that. But, anyways. As that happens, he's like, oh, 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 son of a bitch, oh, give him, he's doing that, because he's in pain from getting hit that hard in the crotch. So, as that happens, Harry decides to take Helen and put her into a soundproof room of sorts where he has a, a, a one-way mirror where he distorts everything, distorts his voice from one on top of it tell him the truth about everything and she's cheating on him and this that and this thing why she's become a member of some random uh, guy named Carlos Jackal who she says this is Simon this is actually this that's not true and she gets really really livid and upset about it all and thinks oh jeez you know she thinks it's, it's over for her when it's not he's trying to calm her down to say you know what if you don't want any of these transgressions to catch up with you right now, you're gonna work with us right now. Gibbs like, you gotta be shitting me, Harry. Why are you doing this to her? Well she wants a little bit of adventure and excitement. This is what I'm gonna give to her. It gives her a fake mission where she says her codename is gonna be Doris. The handler of the con of the whole thing is gonna be called Boris. I think it should be Boris and Natasha. That would be better if you have me instead of Boris and Doris. Anyways I think it would be that would have been funnier to me if that was the case. But alas, that was not the case. 
So they decide to do what they need to do. Um, after that, do you want to clip? Do you want to click in on this, uh, Hans and Yasmin? Yeah, Scott, you do well so far for yourself. Keep it up. All right, then I shall. But anyways, as it's progressing, going on, and having fun with it, um, they take her back to her car. She gets like freaked out about what happened. They interrogate Simon and say, "Son of a bitch, you think you can do a little for Edward Carlos, huh?" And he says, "Like this is the thing makes him wet himself several times." And says, "Yeah, the game's over. Like you aren't like you're a terrorist, you're a scumbag terrorist who's going down for this now." And all this and just tries to scare the whiz out of him to never see Helen again. In a sense, he's to get lost. And just this, that, and the other thing, he just like. Like, just beat it, and all this and that, and everything, you just try to get it to just understand. Hey, you screwed up, you tried to sleep with my wife, you're dead, you know? Just get, gets in such a horrid way. After this happens, um, we get to the point in the film that is absolutely ridiculous to me, to say the least, if you ask me, just due to the fact that, one, it's just so intense. Because now, he's been, like, Her Helen's been given a fake mission, she has to go to the hotel marquee, dress sexy, and dress sexy for Harry, who's apparently some like, like arms dealer, apparently, and this added thing. And she just she has to do this just so she doesn't go to jail, apparently, because she doesn't know if she's going to jail or not. She doesn't know. She's panicked. She's freaked out. But she's given all these things, and it's like, okay, here you go. This is what you're gonna do. As that happens, um, what, what goes on the most? Oh yeah, I'll tell you what goes on the most. The fact is that they go through such a, um, uh, what's, your, what's his uh, name? Basically after this happens, she has a sexy dance that she does. Harry gets caught actually being like, who he was and he tries to explain it before Aziz's goons show up and really just really set things off even higher. This is where it really gets crazy and interesting, folks. But, um, they get kidnapped. Juno shows up. She, uh, makes it sound like Helen does not know the truth at all. She doesn't know anything whatsoever about Harry's actual life. And they get sent to it, like, they get flown to an air, an air, like an island off the Keys out past the Marathon in the Florida Keys. And they're, I'm announcing them, they don't know that. They find themselves being interrogated by Aziz, who then makes Harry reveal himself as a spy to Helen, who gets really upset. You bastard! Lying son of a bitch! Sorry, honey. Oh, don't you call me honey! You don't say you can't call me honey anymore! You said that, you pig! She doesn't, it's such a funny friggin' way. I just, I almost wet my pants laughing. It was that funny. Not seriously wetting my pants, okay, folks? It was just that funny to me when I saw that just recently, like this time around. Because I didn't expect to start laughing my ass off at the fact that she did this to him. Punches him right in the face, just smacking his face, and you see Juno just like, oh my. Like, she's like, oh my goodness. I, I live a hot, she's a lot more, isn't she? Anyways, after that happens, Juno decides to give him to some, I don't know, medical professional to give him true serum and interrogate him. And tell him this and the other thing. 
and basically once he gives him he gives a Harry truth agent he tells Helen the whole truth like we're probably gonna die be tortured to death or they're gonna you and the bomb goes off and boom they're both dead in general and he tells him he tells her that he's been he's a spy for 17 years has he ever killed anyone and his response is yeah but they were all bad no really Harry they were all bad no really they were all good actually they're the kind of people that you shoot right next door at Starbucks because they're plotting to give you better coffee really you know, break, but anyways, like it's just I shouldn't even be ranting like that. You just go settle down a little bit, mate. You're, you're freaking out a little bit. Yeah, well, you know how I am. Hans, I'm passionate. Yeah, you are, but you gotta calm down a little bit. But anyways, I'll take over for you. Alright, sure, if you want to, Hans and Yasmin. Thank you. Well anyways, as that happens, uh as Scott was saying, he also tells uh Samia this interrogator assaults that he's going to be killed after he's used his human shield gets this trocar panel whatever the hell it's called thrown into the face of the goon that's guarding him and then Simi is going to get his neck broken and he asks how are you going to do all that you know my handcuffs I picked him it does not and it's just an absolute bloody brilliant moment then we start to see uh Aziz's group chanting in Arabic and shooting guns in the air like there are total there's a total holy war about to happen like they're the ones behind it all because they have one of the warheads being planted in con like in pure cement ready to be armed and blown up and they're gonna do this as a demonstration in within an hour and a half so and we also see Harry disarm a bunch of the goons easily, single-handedly, and Helen's also witnessing this for the first time. He's, she sees him pick up a gun, literally just like cap three, like just random AK, just <laughs> kill them. She gets helicopter for a quick moment. He's like, he's being told to drop the gun. He has a pistol in his other hand, in his other, in his other hand, shoots the other guy that's holding uh, Helen hostage, dead. And she's like, I married Rambo. <laughs> oh yeah, you did, Helen. You freaking married Rambo, right? Yeah, she kind of did, if you ask me, and Rambo's got a heart that way. Really, Yasmin? Well, yeah. Haven't you seen the previous Rambo movies, not including Last Blood and Rambo 4? You see how crazy Jack he is, too, and how much of a war machine he is. He doesn't stop until the job is done. I guess you're right, Yasmin. You thought you were right, I am! Okay, settle down, guys, settle down. But yeah, um, speaking of which, Hans, well, yeah, after he does all this, he gives her a Mach 10, which is a submachine gun to use to actually hang on to. He says, this is what's happening. They're in the floor of the keys, because that's why they're using trucks. And they have the overseas highway connects them all to the mainland of Florida. There's no border of customs. There's, like, they can go anywhere in the U.S. And there's no one that's going to stop them. Just us, those, just those two, as Harry says. He gives her a Mac 10 and says, hang on to this and use this. If anything does happen, I'm going to need you to shoot. So he does that. As he does that, he decides to just go on a... He decides to use a grenade, launch, like, blast a couple people away with an AK-47, I believe, or 474, as much as Anyway, he does this, disarms a few, gets uh, caught. He tells all that shit. 
What she do? She tries to shoot. Literally, she shoots maybe five rounds, then literally that whole gun starts going down the stairs and just starts blowing everyone away. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing ever, if you ask me. Just the fact that it's just like these two, like, it's just literally pure dumb luck that this has happened for her anyways. More goons show up, try to kill Helen. Harry disarms them and starts to go ham with the Mac-10, two Mac-10s, almost like some Rambo shite. And then, uh, sees one, like, does one more thing where it's just absolutely insane. Where he decides to get the, like, he's next to a fuel truck. Sees that his, one of his guns is literally out. Out of ammo, what does he do? He uses the last one to set off a flamethrower with, with that fuel truck. And what does Jesus do? Oh, he decides to get a law, like a, what's it called? An anti-tank weapon, the law weapon, whatever it's called, like, the one and done sort of RPG sort of gun that the US military and some police forces had at one point. And he decides to use that to aim at the fuel truck and almost like eviscerate Harry. He thinks he's done his job when actually it hasn't. Juno thinks the same thing, thinks he's dead. So does Helen. Helen gets really upset when she says, My condolences to the widow. Oh, yeah, she got mad, all right. Yeah, she did. She bitch slapped a little hell on it, you know, with that ring finger up hers, too. Give her a nice little mark. <coughs> oh, yeah, she did. Which was quite the holy. She wants to blast her away, but as he stops her and says, We may need the hostage. He does that. And they leave. They go to where they, they fly off to wherever they may be going. For the most part, Aziz and his goons drive off, and he flies off. Uh, Juno, her bodyguard, and Helen are in the limo. They leave. Uh, Harry sees all this because he's alive and well. He actually like dive deep into the water and swam for a little bit until he was able to resurface. Sees it all happening, and just walks back to see Gib and a bunch of the guys from the Omega Sector helicopter saying, "Wow." This looks like it was your work. Glad to see you're okay. And then they decide to get briefed in the air about what the actual situation looks like now. As that happens, we see uh, Harry and Gib trying to get two Marine and uh, Harry Jets help out by just like getting rid of these devices so there's only like, one left that Aziz has. And that's apparently in downtown Miami. As that's in downtown Miami. Uh, he apparently kidnapped Dana in the middle of the night. Omega Sector finds out after the bomb blast on the island outside the Mar uh, in the Keys. They're, they're discussing it. He, Harry jumps into action because it's his daughter. He doesn't want his daughter dead. He decides to say, you know what, I'm going after them right now. I'm, like, he asks one of the Marine captains to borrow his Harry jump jet, which is, he decides to launch it. He's not really the greatest at it, but he still gives it a shot in general. And as he's doing that, he uh, gets through quite quite well, if you ask me, quite thoroughly. Holy mackerel, I've gone through 43 minutes of talking about this movie. Holy crap. But anyways, as that uh, happens, they're talking about it all, going through it all. He says this, that's the other thing. He finds it, like, um, Faisal's out there, as, as pretending as part of, to be one of the film crew members that the Jihad have, uh, the crew of the Jihad have asked for. And as they're doing that, they find out that uh, Dana's key to one of the warheads. 
runs off up to the top of the roof onto a crane, says you shoot me to fall. And this other thing tries to get Aziz to like stop following her and not let like and, because she doesn't trust her and don't like don't come near her at all. Stay away. Like or like Henry like Harry is just like really in full force Rambo mode now. Like you've threatened his wife, now his daughter, now you my daughter's being captured. At least finally disarmed a few as himself by disguising himself as a cameraman and shoots three of them and is like, holy mackerel, that was cool in a sense. He didn't expect it to be that cool. Anyways, he does it. He tells Harry where he is and to stay where he is and he's gonna get rid of the rest and save Dana. He does. We see him in the helic in the Harrier jump jet, actually in hover mode more or less and saying, hey, I'll like, jump down, jump down at me. Aziz sees him and he's like, oh no. Now it's, now it's personal. It's like, now I really gotta get this guy and whatnot. He, like, they go through such a just a crazy just rooftop, whatever you want to call it, sort of thing. And it's just like, holy mackerel. They get through it all. Uh, Harry decides to do one, one simple trick to have it so Aziz can't do anything after that. He does so. And sees, oh yeah, this is what I could do, right here. And then, as Harry has one last shot, he launches the, he has the master fire off, literally launches Aziz, on a, who's stuck on a missile, into the helicopter that has the last warhead. And his final line for that is, you're fired. And they land after the helicopter is blown up, they get escorted out, like maybe a year or so later, Harry and Helen are now part of the Omega. Helen's now a member for the Omega sector now, and poor Gibb and Faisal are back in the truck again, back in the van again, and like and this is like literally right as, as the credits are rolling, we see him even say, "You know what? I'm I'm sick of being in the van. You guys be in the next in the van the next time. I've been in the van for 15 years, Harry. Come on now." and that ends the movie. At least that was a proper end credit scene. Not like some BS because the credits were actually rolling as uh, Helen and Harry finally tango and actually meet up with Carlos and Jackal aka Simon one more time in Switzerland. I guess where it was again. Anyways, that ends the movie. Now, what did I think about it? I absolutely love this movie. This is a classic movie from my childhood that I absolutely love. I was glad to show it to Yasmin and Hans. I kind of liked it again, Squad. Thank you for showing it to me. It was really a good movie to watch again. What was your favorite movie? What was your favorite moment in the movies, guys? Yeah, I liked it a lot too, Scott. Sorry for not piping up when I was finished. <laughs> Anyways, I liked it a lot when we see Helen being crafty, all those things from Rocky Hotel before she finds out it's Harry actually telling her to do these things. Really? I thought you liked the scene where we find out where Harry's fighting, like finding out the guy that she's apparently shooting on him with and used car salesman. No, I think it was Hans' part, favorite. Hans, what would you say? My favorite part of it, honestly, was the fact that he literally goes into full Rambo mode. Makes me think about um, some of those folks in parts of Europe, and literally east, and even Eastern Europe, including Ireland, well, not even including Ireland a little bit too. If you ask me how the IRR, the Irish Republican Army, the provisional one, mind you, all these terrorist groups and kind of been a little bit, how he kind of goes in that way and sends his two knots. Yeah, I like the... I, I have to say my favorite scene is still when he finds out about Helen's affair 
or so-called affair. And it's like, I don't know what to think about this. But anyways, what would you guys give this out of 10? Yeah, Skull, I'd probably give this an 8 out of 10. It's an absolute classic from James Cameron's library. If you've seen any of Arnold Schwarzenegger's action films, quite frankly, you've probably seen them all, but he's definitely not one to miss. Him as a spy doing comedy as well it's just fantastic if you ask me this is definitely a good action comedy sort of film from the, for its time kind of something never got a sequel going yeah me too but you know what it happens and you ask me what you give this oh because of uh, Jamie Curtis's stunt work too especially the one that you know on her birthday I'm gonna give this one a nine really wow well I guess we're all kind of in the same ballpark when it comes down to this movie because I'm around an 8 or a 9. But knowing me, if I give it a 9, I'm biased. But giving it the knowledge of the doubt, like, it's been almost 30 years since this movie came out. I absolutely love it to this day still. Um, it's an absolute classic. I love it to death. I gotta say, this movie gets an 8 out of 10 as well. But on average, I would say it's an 8.5, 9 out of 10, strongly. And if you've never seen it before, and this is your first time watching it, whew, are you in for a treat, if you ask me. I definitely suggest all of you go check out True Lies now, if you are able to. I kind of wish it was on Disney Plus, because that's where it should be, because a 20th Century Fox, sadly it doesn't look like that just yet, but it will be soon, I think, in the future. But I know it's out on Amazon, I think it's on Amazon Prime, I know it's on Google Play now, I know it's on Apple TV Plus. Go rent it, go buy it if you really like it. Just go have fun with it, you know? Have a fun time with it. I know I did. Uh, yeah. Overall, it's a good movie to rewatch again. Relive my childhood in a good way. Anyways, enough about that. Uh, the next review, hopefully, might be Wonka. It might not be. If it is, I know Jasmine doesn't really want to see it. Yeah, it's cool. I think you may want to bring Bowie along with you to see it. Really? Yeah. I think her and Oz would be fun to see it with. If you're sure, Yasmin, I don't want you to feel left out. No, no, it's okay. Probably just sound a little bit like me anyways. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I'll give her a bit of an English lady accent. I'd like to say that. That'd be hard to do. Yeah, I might see who will come, oh, come with me next time. But until next time, folks, this is Scott. Yasmin. Hey, Holmes. I'm signing out. And transmission. <laughs>